0: the ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley.
1: I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca.
0: Thank you for joining us each week as we discuss
1: the history, mystery, and theory
2: of all things questionable, odd, and eerie.
0: Hello ladies and hello friends. Hi. Hello friends. Welcome to the weird and wonderful
1: world that is bonus episode time. I was really excited for another W word and you let me down hard.
0: Uh... The weird and wonderful world of
1: what the fuck are we talking
2: about <laughs> <laughs> with wonderful women? That's the tagline we were missing.
1: Is it too late to update our merch? No, we don't have merch right now. So no, it's not. Okay, cool.
0: <laughs> we do what we want. If you guys haven't learned anything from listening to our change and growth over the last insert amount of time, we've been doing. The we've podcast been here.
2: recording since September of twenty eighteen.
0: Ew. Wow. wow. Really? <laughs> yeah. We're going on three years? Yeah. Ah. Damn it. <laughs> what the fuck happened?
2: Time. Time happened.
0: Time is
1: fake.
2: You guys weren't 30 when we started and neither was <laughs> I.
1: <laughs> Time is a construct.
2: Oh, I thought you were going to say something else.
0: It's also that, too. <laughs> Wait, I would have been 30, because I'll be 34 this year.
2: You're 32 in my brain. Just go with it.
0: (laughs) Okay, that's fine. (laughs) So,
1: uh, weird and wonderful
0: what the fucks.
1: (laughs) Can I go first? Yes, but let me just tell the listeners that the last couple of these have been hell for me. So, I got to choose the topic this time. Is that because someone, like, are, are you talking
2: about the bonus topics or as yes. in, oh, yeah, I thought you were just about- complaining about editing. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> that too. <laughs> She's just complaining. Uh, so uh-huh. what was it? We did Sea Creatures. Yes.
1: Haunted Stuff.
0: Yes. Haunted Stuff. That's the one where uh, Large Male Tiffany scared the pants off you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was, was fun.
0: Bad. That was a great episode. God. So that was only two months. Mu- what is time? <laughs>
2: I'm telling you, it's a construct. We basically lost a year. Who knows what time
0: it is? It's an illusion. Well, I was just thinking about the fact that, because, like, to me, right now, we're in like summer. It's summertime. We're ready to pool it up, beach it up, lake it up. Like, it's summertime. But the, and then I think about the fact that that episode was only two months ago when you were iced in. (laughs) That's right. It just hurts.
2: (laughs) So, today on the Existential
1: Crisis show, what are we talking Illusions. about? Illusions.
0: <laughs> what topic did you pick? Oh Warm yeah, we story haven't even talked short. about that.
1: <laughs> Medical oddities. <laughs> I'm so excited. Can I go first? Sure. You may go okay. first.
2: I want to
0: go second. I'm not oh, going to tell you. It.
2: I'm not going to tell you what it is, because it's okay. a very popular topic, which might Uh-oh, be great, I hope and it it's might not my topic. <laughs> it might backfire for my co-hosts. Uh. And complete disclaimer. I skimmed through the Wikipedia article, and it matched up literally every other podcast and YouTube video I've watched and listened to about this. Oh, so
1: <laughs> pulling a cool, Tiffany, cool. it may still be my topic. So let's see. <laughs> oh, okay. So this man
0: was born oh, near nope, <laughs> not mine. <laughs> mine doesn't affect men. <laughs> so this man was born
2: near Lyon, France around 17172. It's a little 17172.
1: 17, 17,
2: 17, 1772. His date of birth is unrecorded. We don't know when he was born. And we are not even sure if his real the name that he's called by was his real name or his nickname. But as a child, he had a huge appetite. And by the time he was a teenager, you know how teenagers eat a lot? You guys know how your husbands, who are full-grown ass men, eat a lot?
0: And my oh child, my God, yes. who is nowhere near a teenager or full-grown man, eats a lot? Yeah, this guy could eat a quarter of a cow. Ah! In one meal?
2: In a single day, yeah.
1: <gasps> That's a lot of moo.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, go figure. His parents couldn't exactly afford to keep him. So he started oh, just no. like roaming the countryside, uh, begging and or stealing for food. <gasps> Poor baby. Is this Aladdin? And fine, but finally, he decided to take his talent of eating things to the streets to earn him some money. And he would draw crowds by eating things they would give him, such as corks, live animals, an entire basket full of apples, And was apparently very fond of snake meat.
0: Live (gasps) animals like he would just like down a baby chick. Oh, I guess.
1: (laughs) Oh, I don't like that.
0: So in
2: 1788, he went to Paris to become a street performer, as you know, all professional street performers do. And he had some success, but go figure, he suffered an intestinal obstruction at one point.
0: Huh. You don't say.
2: (laughs) Right. So they carried him to the hospital where he was treated with powerful laxatives. Luckily, he made a full recovery and offered to demonstrate his act to a surgeon by eating the surgeon's watch and chain. What? <laughs> the surgeon was unimpressed. And honestly, I think I'm the surgeon because a surgeon told this man that if he did so, he would cut him open to recover his items.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so do you guys have any idea who I'm talking about? No.
1: So I've heard about this guy before. I don't know. I don't remember his name, but are, isn't it like tapeworms or worms? And Or am I thinking of something else? This sounds familiar. Just tell your story and I'll be like, oh, yeah, that was totally what I was thinking. So Tarare.
0: Anyone? Sure. Anyone? Bueller. Have you guys really not heard about this? I feel I've like heard I've this. heard about it, but I don't. It's not ringing any bells or like, oh, well, that's, you know. Because of this thing. Yeah, it
2: was Bob's <laughs> uncle. It was fine. So Tarare, despite, you know, eating anything and everything in sight, was rather slim and of average height. At age 17, he weighed about 100 pounds-ish. Had soft,
1: fair Wait. hair, but- Wait. He... Yep. Wait, you said average weight at 17, weighing 100 pounds? Yeah. That's not average. It's
2: 1788. It's 88.
1: True. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he did have some, I want to say abnormalities though, because he had an abnormally large mouth. I mean, same. It's reported that he had roughly four inches between his jaws when his mouth was fully extended. No, I did not measure my jaw. Tiffany, stop trying to, f- to shove your fists
1: into your mouth. <laughs> I'm okay. doing it right now. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not the only one who should be called out. Also, uh, Steven Tyler and Liv Tyler have made a living, and Julie Roberts have made a living off of having wonderfully large mouths. So,
2: Well, his teeth were also heavily stained, and his lips were almost invisible. Ew. When he had not eaten, he had, like, loose skin around his abdomen. Oh. When he was full, he resembled a huge balloon. Ew. The skin of his cheeks were wrinkled and hung loosely, and when stretched out, he could... Hold roughly 12 eggs or apples in his mouth?
0: Whoa. What eggs the or apples apples? Those are very different measurements.
2: I'm assuming it's 12 eggs or a different number of apples. Okay. Because, <laughs> because, again, we don't know when this guy was born.
0: Maybe they had baby apples back then. They weren't genetically modified.
2: We're not even sure this was his name, which is why I am not overly concerned about getting this from Wikipedia, because... He might not have actually been all that real, but he does have an extensive article and many people have covered him. So I'm certain something like this has happened. So he also reportedly was hot to the touch and sweated heavily. And he had a body odor so strong that people could not like be within 20 paces of him. And I actually Googled this because I'm like, what's 20 paces? And then I got a conversion table based on how long your stride is. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a little bit much, even for me. But r- give or take, 20 p- paces is
1: eh, 100 feet-ish? Wow. Wait, Twenty pace a pace is five feet? It depends on the person. I mean, I'm five we're gonna say five six, but it's really five five and a half. I feel like I wouldn't have a five foot stride. I f- Are we talking about like a normal stride or did you
2: not hear about my adventures in Googling I was talking about thirty seconds ago?
1: Is this a casual stroll
0: stride or a oh crap, my kids were? I literally stride. said
2: when I Googled this, I got a conversion table based on the type of paces. <laughs>
0: Well, that's what we're asking. What pace did you choose to get a hundred feet?
2: I said roughly one a five. Foot I said pace. roughly one hundred feet. Okay. I calculated from like a three foot pace to a five foot pace.
0: Pa- pace. I, mean, if you were, I would if go you with you were a three pace. While you walked, if you were a large man
1: mansplaining, <laughs> you, you wouldn't walked, actually get anywhere.
0: <laughs> Fair.
1: Okay. Fair. So this. All right, well, I'm going to say 60 feet, because I feel like a oh, three-foot stride is better than a five-foot stride. But anyway. God.
0: Still a significant amount of feet to be complaining about body He order. stank
2: <laughs> at a distance, especially after he had eaten. And after he had eaten, his eyes and cheeks would become bloodshot. Apparently, a visible vapor would rise from his body, which I assumed made him look like pig pen. He would yes. become lethargic, which, I mean, fair, after I eat, I'm lethargic, and he would Belch noisily. Fair.
0: After I eat, I belch noisily. He
2: suffered from chronic diarrhea, which was, and I quote, fetid beyond all conception. Fetid? Fetid? It's dank. Come Despite on. his large intake of food, he didn't really gain weight, and aside from his eating habits, his friends or the people he associated with didn't really see any, like, unusual signs of behavior or illness other than the fact that he could eat the entire chipotle and still be fine (laughs) so what actually caused this condition is not known
1: tapeworms
0: that's more than tapeworms and if he had tapeworms and it lasted (laughs) spoiler
2: not tapeworms (laughs) but eventually he got drafted and he joined the military he joined the french revolution army Unfortunately for him, go figure, uh, military rations weren't sufficient. No. So he would exchange favors, and I don't mean like illicit favors, like he would do tasks for the other soldiers in returns for parts of their rations, but it still wasn't enough to satisfy him. So eventually he was admitted to the military hospital with a case of extreme exhaustion, which same if I don't have a snack, I get exhausted too. <laughs> And he was granted quadruple rations, but still remained hungry. Wow. To the point that he would scavenge for things, whether it be in the garbage or food left over. And he would even sneak into, like, the apothecary room. So, but the surgeons at the hospital couldn't really understand why on earth this man ate so freaking much.
0: So freaking so much. So freaking
2: much. He was ordered to stay at the hospital to take part in. S- Physiological experiments that I will explain. I apologize, Tiffany. Gus is batting at the microphone if there is weird noises.
1: <laughs> I may have scolded them before we started this. Not scolded, but
2: yeah. Two surgeons, Corville and Percy, decided to test Terare's capacity for food. So a meal had been prepared by 15 laborers near the hospital gates. And although when Tarare was you know fed, he would have to be restrained to not you know eat everything in sight, they just let him go at this table of food to see what would happen. He ate the entire thing, two large meat pies, plates of grease and salt, and four gallons of milk, and then immediately fell asleep.
0: Oh, oh, God, that makes my stomach Reminder,
2: this is the late 1700s, so this isn't like your skim milk from the grocery store. This would be like milk with the cream still fully in it. That's a lot.
0: And you also said plates of grease and salt? Yep. (laughs) Oh, I feel like I
1: need to go poop just like hearing that. I feel like
0: I need some water.
2: So one thing that was noted was Tarari's belly became in- taut and inflated like a b- large balloon while he was eating. They also experimented with feeding him different types of animals. There was one point he was handed a live cat. Mm. He tore the cat open, drank its blood, and then ate the <gasps> entire thing.
0: Don't <sighs> care for that so much.
2: And then like an owl vomited up its fur and skin.
0: Ooh. <laughs>
2: He was fed a variety of animals, including snakes, lizards, puppies.
0: Stop.
2: There's a one point he was reported to have swallowed an entire eel without chewing, having first crushed the head with his teeth.
1: Oh. (sighs) Okay, I can't have any grief about the um, Evil Weasels episode because I'm now not the only one who has talked about ill fates for dogs. I breezed past it.
2: I didn't give details on the Puppies?
1: Puppies? I thought it was just one. Why do you have to ask probing
2: questions? <laughs> yeah, sh- shush, Tiffany.
1: <laughs>
2: okay, so, like, after several months being fed various items, um, the higher-ups in the military were like, hey, dude, you're eating our shit. You need to actually do things. Which is, like, <laughs> you know, fair. <laughs> you can't just be the experimental puppet that the doctors poke and f- feed things to. So... Dr. Corville was keen to continue his, uh, studying his eating habits, and that's when it was suggested that they could use his eating habits in the military. So they took a document and they placed it inside a box. Then they placed the box inside of another box, and then he mailed the box to himself. And then when it arrived, he ate it. I now remember him. (laughs) Two days later, the box was retrieved, and the document was still legible. I don't know what that means. I'm not going to ask questions. I know He pooped
1: that out. Yes. Yeah.
2: Oh, he did. Yeah.
1: Uh huh. Thanks, Tiff. Thank you. I'll spell it out for you. No worries.
2: Shut up. So this is when they started to use Terrari as a so military totally career.
0: While you were talking about the box inside of a box, I thought you were making an Emperor's New Groove reference. I was I didn't realize that actually happened. No, no, that
2: wasn't Emperor's New Groove reference. It was just okay. a box.
0: But he ate it. <laughs> he ate it. He ate a box. Okay, <laughs> he
2: did actually oh, yeah. eat it. I got yeah. very
0: confused for a second. <laughs>
2: I thought it was a very good reference.
0: It was an amazing reference, but I was very confused about where the story headed after that, so I apologize.
2: (laughs) So this guy can eat boxes and then poop them out, and then they're fine. This guy got called, and he swallowed the box that he was given successfully. So before he was given active duty, he was going to demonstrate his ability to, you know, a bunch of higher-ups in the military. So he swallowed a box in front of a bunch of commanders- As a reward, he was given 30 pounds of raw bulls, lungs, and liver, which he then ate in front of the generals. Uh. So after this successful demonstration, he became a spy of the Army of Rhine.
0: Why a spy? Who needs a... Okay, hello, (laughs) spy. are us. If y'all are... I know you guys are listening. So, hello. Uh, if you're looking for someone who can eat things, preferably not of the same variety that he generally eats, but I'm happy to travel and eat things for you. So, <laughs> just eat, reach out. Ladies at gml.com. Put Ashley eats in the tagline. And oh, uh, we'll be God. in touch. Okay.
2: So, military was happy. While the generals were convinced of Tarare's physical capacity to fulfill this mission, they were a little less sure of his mental state, so they were reluctant to entrust him with anything, you know, as you do during war. So as his first assignment, he was assigned to carry a message to a French colonel who was imprisoned, imprisoned by the Prussians, and he was told that the documents were of great military significance, but in reality... It was really a note asking the colonel to confirm that the message had been received successfully. And if yes, please return a reply of any potentially useful information about Prussian troop movements. So it's like they're pen pals with this guy's, you know, gastrointestinal system.
1: Oh, that well, is a stinky yeah. way to nail something.
2: So Terrare successively crossed Prussian lines under the cover of darkness disguised as a German peasant, but he was unable to speak German, you know, a detail they might have thought about before doing this. <laughs> it's because of this, he, you know, attracted attention from the local residents who alerted the authorities and he was quickly captured. They strip-searched him, found nothing of use, and despite being whipped by the Prussian soldiers, Terari refused to betray his mission.
0: Hey. So
2: after about 24 hours of captivity, Terari relented and explained the scheme to his captors. He was chained to a latrine, and eventually, 30 hours (laughs) afterward, the box was swallowed, the box emerged the other end.
1: 30 hours? Okay, I guess that makes sense. And this was
2: when the Prussians, who thought they're about to get, you know... A landmine of information were incredibly annoyed that the documents that Terari had said contained vital inte- intelligence only had a dummy message.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is—it was at this point Terari was taken to the gallows and a noose was placed around his neck. Oh! But luckily. The person who ordered this relented. No, he didn't eat it. (laughs) (laughs) The person who ordered this relented and had Tarare taken down, but did give him a severe beating before releasing him near the French lines. Mm. Um, Following this incident, Tarare was desperate to avoid military service and returned to the hospital. Fair enough. Where one of the surgeons, Percy, would attempt cures. They tried laudanum, wine vinegar, and tobacco pills, which I don't know why, but, you know, it's the 1780s. Medicine hasn't really been invented yet. Tobacco pills? Yeah. So following these Ooh. failures, Percy fed terraria large quantities of soft-boiled eggs, but this also failed to suppress his appetite. Ooh,
1: and that would be stinky.
2: Yeah, any attempt to keep this kind on of a diet just kind of didn't work. To the point where he would sneak out of the hospital to scavenge for stuff outside of butcher shops and would fight stray dogs for this stuff in gutters and alleys. Um, He was caught several times within the hospital drinking from patients, undergoing bloodletting, and attempting to eat bodies in the mortuary. After some time, apologies in advance, um, a 14-month-old child disappeared.
0: Oh, no.
2: Uh, go figure, Terraria was suspected. No one was willing to defend him. So they chased him out of the hospital and he never returned.
0: Uh,
1: okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's crazy, right? So in 19... 19- in se- 1978, nope, that's wrong. In 17- 17. <laughs> He's a vampire.
1: Not only can he eat whatever he wants, he can also live however long he wants. So, in
2: 1798, another hospital contacted Percy again to notify him that a patient of theirs wished to, wished to see Percy. Terrare, who was now bedridden and weak, told Percy that he had swollen a golden fork two years earlier, which he believed was lodged inside him, causing his current weakness. He was hoping Percy what? could find a way to remove this golden fork, but instead recognized that Tarare had advanced tuberculosis. About a month later, Tarare began to experience diarrhea and died shortly afterwards. His corpse rotted quickly. And the reason I'm bringing up this grotesque fact is because the surgeons wanted to dissect him to understand why he was able to eat as much as he does
0: uh-huh. Yeah,
2: at the autopsy. he his insides were much bigger than anybody else's inside which would make sense if your stomach is significantly significantly larger yeah that would make you incredibly hung- yeah. hungry hungry mm-hmm. his body was found to be filled with pus and his Ew. liver and gallbladder were abnormally large his stomach was enormous covered in ulcers and filling most of his abdominal cavity the pus the fork uh-huh. however was never found <laughs>
0: yep.
2: so that is the story of Tarare,
1: uh, the pus part. Yeah, was the part that freaked me out the most in that,
2: <laughs> and not the eating of the cat or no. the baby.
1: <laughs> no, no, we're not. That never happened. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Just
0: the pus-filled body.
1: Yeah, I don't remember where I heard about this guy, but I've heard that before. It, oof, it's a doozy.
0: very,
1: it's a very popular story. I like it. Good job, ma'am. Thanks. Good job. <laughs> and I heard uh, Ashley wanted me to go next. No. <laughs> nice. Nice try.
0: But, thanks.
1: <laughs> yes, that was a good, valiant effort, my
0: love. Oh, thanks. Uh, uh, um, I will go next. But thank you so much for your offer. So when the Huguenots, who are the French Protestants that were forced to leave France after the Idée de Fontainebleau. Ooh, bravo. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So when they left France... And arrived in Britain in the late 17th century, they brought with them a new method for making felt. Huh. This method and what?
1: Sorry, I just pictured all the different ways we can make felt, and it was, my brain is a sick, twisted place. Keep going. How
0: many ways do you know of to make felt?
2: Please don't ask Tiffany questions. <laughs>
1: So their
0: method involved treating the fur from animals like rabbits or beavers with a diluted solution of (laughs) (laughs) muric nitrate. The skins were then dried in an oven before being stretched over a bar in a cutting machine. And then the pelts would be sliced into thin thin shreds, layered into a mold where they would be pressed and then they could be shrunken with either steam or hot water, which would give you... Your sheets of felt, and then it could huh. be dyed and made into hats.
2: This is medical how
1: we're, we're gonna get there. Okay, so when you say felt, yes, I'm assuming based on what you just said, is this like our friend Indigo who made like felt sewing things? I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, it's, ba- I mean, you've done
0: stuff with like the felt sheets, right? Where it's like the really okay. thinly.
1: I was assuming that, but then were talking about, like, skins, and I didn't know if we were on the same page. Got it.
0: Well, I mean, it was felt made out of, it's not synthetic felt. It's natural felt that's made out of animal fur.
1: Fur, that's fine. I was thinking, like, you had switched somewhere and was, we're talking about, like, skin, and I got grossed out. But no, I, it's fine. Keep going. Okay.
0: <laughs> I mean, kind of. Ew, No. It's the pelt. It's the animal pelt. So they skin the animal and then no. use that usually.
1: Oh, he- see, I was thinking like brush the animal, pull the hair out of the brush. No. Are you not familiar with like how they used animal skins? Back I, I try to actively avoid thinking about that. You
0: think they just had like a furminator brush and just like <laughs> went out and brushed beavers? She thinks
2: <laughs> sauces patties are grown in the ground. Oh, uh, they are. Mm.
0: Okay, they have quote unquote, sausage patties that are made from things that are grown in the ground. But anyway, some medical oddities. So this method came to be known as carroting as the why is that word hard to say? As the mercuric nitrate solution turned white for a kind of like a reddish brown color. The advantage was that it made the hairs on the pelt soft and limp, and twisted them so that they matted together more easily to give them that felt texture. The problem was that treating this felt in this way released mercury as a vapor.
2: Oh no, that that's a bad.
0: <laughs> that's a bad. And uh, haberdasheries. I was so excited to use that word. <laughs> we're not generally in uh, large, well-ventilated areas. They were usually in, like, the basement of a store or a general... uh, A store or a general store?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. You said haberdasheries. I meant a department
0: store or, like, a general store. Basically, wherever they were going to be selling their product.
1: As a result, a large
0: amount of hatters began to present symptoms of mercury (gasps) poisoning. Oh, my God. Mad hatters? Yes! (laughs) These included physical symptoms such as slurred speech, headaches, weakness, and tremors, and neurological problems such as personality changes, irritability, anxiety, low confidence, depression, apathy, and shyness.
1: So, I need to look for mercury in
0: my house. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I was like, oh, maybe this whole mercury retrograde, maybe there's some sort of connection there. (laughs) (laughs) And long-term exposure would lead to memory loss, delirium, and hallucinations. These symptoms were known to be caused by mercury, which had long been prescribed as a cure for syphilis, where it would be rubbed on the skin, injected, or taken orally. Yep. So they had already noted some of these symptoms in conjunction with people using mercury as medication. I saw a quote in one of the articles I was reading that said, uh, a night with Venus equals a lifetime with Mercury <laughs> on the syphilis treatment. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, that's funny. It was really funny. I
0: was like, okay, 1800s humor, I hear you. <laughs> but there were no laws that regulated the use of Mercury in an industrial setting. So after they started to notice some of the symptoms in the medical field, they kind of started to regulate it a little bit there as far as how often and if the you know patient could just go home with a jar of mercury versus having to come into the office for treatments and everything. So they hadn't regulated them in an industrial setting, meaning that symptoms of mercury poisoning and hatters were prevalent enough that the expression mad as a hatter emerged in 1829. Which was the same year a report on the syndrome was published in St. Petersburg. In 1860, a report was published in the Transactions of the Medical Society of New Jersey by J. Freeman on, quote... sorry, what was his name? J. Freeman. I heard furry man, and I got real excited. (laughs) Sorry. No. Free man. Got it. On, quote, mercurial disease among hatters. And in 1869, the French Academy of Medicine described the health risk associated with hat making. So, in France, this led to a law being passed in 1898 to protect hatters. However, in the United States, mercury would be used until 1941.
1: So, despite is the that, fact... Sorry, I've got a lot of questions tonight. Um, is 1941, was that about the same time as the um, mercury woman Rebecca talked about?
0: I'm not sure what the The nurses
1: that were the watches were they mercury? that wasn't mercury no 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 the the
2: radium girls girls.
1: yeah radium girls okay well i'm real smart today so keep going
2: (laughs) (laughs) i was so confused i was like i didn't cover a woman in Mercury." mercury
0: but okay let's see so despite the law being passed in france in 1898 Uh, To protect hatters and despite the fact that by 1880 by 1888 a new method using hydrochloride would be patented that would do basically the same thing Um, the United States was still using mercury in hat making until 1941. So, to backtrack, in Britain in the 1890s, factory inspectors began taking notes of deaths and illnesses linked to working with mercury. In 1899, their evidence led to mercury poisoning becoming a disease that must be reported under the Factory and Workshop Act. So, while the aim had been to try and assess the scale of the danger from exposure to mercury for hat makers and for the makers of scientific equipment, the new regulations demonstrated that mercury was used in a wide variety of industries. And in the 20th century, the Britain... (laughs) The Britain problem. (laughs) In In the 20th century, in Britain, the problem of mercury poison (laughs) continued to be discussed and investigated, but little would be changed in terms of legislation. Bravo. So an article in the Medical Journey of the Lancet in 1912 stated that, quote, the continued use of mercury in hat making may pose a risk to the weavers of felt hats, as a hat body may contain as 0.138% mercury. Um, 1919, the International Labor Organization, the question was raised as to whether the use of mercury in hat making should be banned, as it had been demonstrated in France that it was not needed. But, that was the only time that that was ever brought up as far as the initial request. And since the end of the 19th century, mercury has not been used, or excuse me, mercury had been used less in the hat making and ventilation had significantly improved, meaning that from the beginning of the 20th century, the number of cases reported was low enough that it was never considered a big enough problem to require specific legislation. And the 1940s, hydrogen peroxide became widely available and was used to create felt instead. So, of course, many have argued that the Mad Hatter in Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland is meant to be suffering from mercury poisoning due to his occupation. But people have objected that the Mad Hatter does not demonstrate the shyness and difficulty socially interacting with others that was characterized with Mad Hatter syndrome. And they argue that the Mad Hatter was based on the real-life furniture dealer Theophilus Carter, who is often called the Mad Hatter due to his eccentric character and the fact that he always wore a top hat.
1: I did not know that.
0: Yeah. But in the new adaptation, the Tim Burton version, where Johnny Depp plays the Mad Hatter, his characteristics are based off more of the Mad Hatter Syndrome. That's why he's got the yellow eyes and the orange hair.
1: I was wondering if you're going to bring that up.
0: Yeah. So the Lewis Carroll original, it is argued that he is not based off the Mad Hatter Syndrome. The Mad Hatter Syndrome but the Tim Burton version and the newer version of Alice in Wonderland, he does have nods to evidence of the Mad Hatter syndrome.
1: That's cool.
0: Yeah. So that is where the term Mad as a Hatter came from. Hmm.
1: Mercury poisoning. I like it. Bravo. Thank you. Thank you. Mercury, man. It'll jack you up. <laughs> <laughs> so will radium, apparently. Apparently.
0: <laughs> Because we haven't been taught about that yet. I'm so glad that we didn't have any crossovers because I thought for sure one of us was going to.
1: Yeah, same. Before we started recording, um, I mentioned that to Rebecca. I was like, you know, one day it'd be cool if we uh, just kind of come in and two of us have the same topic. And she was like, yeah, no. (laughs) Anxiety would not make that cool.
0: Well, listeners, just FYI, with these bonus episodes, we agree on a topic and then we just come together when we record and share our topics with each other. So if that ever happens,
1: we'll just have to share the subject together. It'll be fine. We'll wing it. It'll be great. I love it. I wing most of my stuff anyway, so it'll be fun. Unscripted group projects always go well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hated group projects. Okay. Let's go to uh, early April 1862. The Battle of Shiloh was in West Tennessee during the Civil War. And during that, uh, more than 16,000 soldiers were left wounded and more than 3,000 dead. Very bloody, very bad. Those who were wounded were left in a cold, rainy, muddy, and damp field for a few days before being rescued. And if you can imagine, soldiers in this day were prone to infections. They had uh, weakened immune systems, which means they can't fight off anything very easily. There's uh, shrapnels and bayonets and dirt. And they've been in the field for months and, you know, limited food. So, like, their immune system's not in the best place. Sounds so luxurious. Doesn't it? Uh, but it doesn't sound good for our buddies on the field. No. It's because it wasn't. Uh, A lot of our friends didn't fare so well. In fact, most of the deaths weren't a result of the wounds themselves. Rather, they were results of infections acquired because of the wounds. And I just realized my last topic was set shortly after the Civil War, and it was death due to infection and not wound. That's not. Sorry. My brain Cookies. is just spitting stuff at me right now. Yes. Okay. So most of the soldiers who did survive had a helping hand. Kind of. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. It was less of a hand and more of like a supernatural glow that obviously came from aliens. Wait. I'm
0: sorry, what now?
1: Yeah. So remember these soldiers were on the field for a few days before receiving proper medical attention. Mm-hmm. At night, as they're laying in the field, they start to notice that some of their fellow soldiers were faintly glowing blue. Algae. Was this their dying brains playing tricks on them? The Kentucky blue
0: people uh, mating with the radium girls.
2: Not
1: how that works. (laughs) Oh, man. I wish we had picked the same topic because we could go with that and make it work. (laughs) Nailed it. Okay. Was this the work of aliens trying to find bodies already on their way out to sort of like ethically source their experiments that's thoughtful of them right even though they didn't know what was happening they did notice something rather odd regarding the glow the soldiers who were glowing seemed to have a better chance of survival and they healed faster than their cohorts how do they
0: how do they know this
1: uh because the doctors picked that like the doctors get to them, and they're like okay these are the people who at night glow These are the people who have um, been said to have glowed and they're getting better faster.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: It's like, i got nothing. But, yeah. (laughs) So what did they think it was? Well, it was a mysterious glow that helped save the lives of many a soldier. So, obviously, they called it Angel Glow. Ooh. Sounds like another
0: good stripper name.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That it does. Ooh, she could have, like, uh, that black light hair? Oh, or he, yeah. Or they, they come
0: out and like, it looks like it's all white and innocent and angelic and then uh-huh. they do some dramatic reveal and it just is like bioluminescent.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, shit. Gotta change careers. Performer
0: oh, that takes that idea. Just give us tickets to one of your shows so we can see it in fruition, please.
1: Uh, yes, I will tip well. I've, I've got to save. Okay, so... <laughs> Start saving all your ones. I wish I could say that this medical oddity only stumped the medical field for a few years. But alas, I cannot. This was in 1862. We didn't have an answer to this mystery until 1962.
0: What?
1: JK, 1992. What? JK, it was 2001 before they knew what was going on. Wait a second. What happened? How
0: did we just jump from 60s to 90s to 2000s? I was like, "Hey,
1: 1962, 100 years, isn't that crazy?" Ha, oh, just K, it was JK, it was longer than that. 1992, right? Right? No, no, we were in the 2000s, mother trucker. <laughs> what point are you making, Tiff? <laughs> the point is <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker it was well over 100 years afterwards that they figured out what it was i think it was like just shy of 140 years bill martin and no not bill billy is martin the science guy not him either but it's not billy martin who was the guitarist for good charlotte who high school tiffany would have killed to at in person
0: and that is why you had good charlotte in your head before we started recording
1: yes it is i get it down i just want to live <laughs> Oh, and so did the soldiers. Oh, 360. Wow. <laughs> uh, 360. <laughs> anyway, Bill Martin. I am delirious right now. I need I sleep. Love it. Um, <laughs> Bill Martin, who at the time was a 17-year-old high school student, was visiting the Battle of Shiloh memorial site and read about Angel Globe while he was there.
0: This was in 2001? Yes. We were probably
1: close to 17-year-old high school students
0: at that point, too.
1: 2001, I was in 8th grade, or either the end of 7th grade or beginning of 8th grade. So, 12 or 13, depending on when the, uh, what month. I think it was like May, so I would have been 12. Anyway, he asked his mom, a microbiologist at the USDA Agricultural Research Service, who happened to be studying luminescent bacteria that lived in soil <laughs> oh, what about a coincidence. her thoughts. So he's like, Emma, hey, what do you think? And her suggestion was, do your own research. His oh. mom is Rebecca. <laughs> 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 Approved. Time traveling. So he pulled his friend, John Curtis, into the mix. If he's anything like me, which obviously he's not since he thought about that and is doing this experiment, um, he would have had his friend do all the work. But they worked together. And realized that the conditions of the field at the time, which were cold and wet and muddy, were perfect for... Crap, I closed out the pronunciation thing. <laughs>
2: you mean the one that you made us wait for you to save?
1: Yes. <laughs> Gosh start it. Okay. You just said
0: motherfucker not seven minutes ago. <laughs> oh golly gee.
1: I said a potty word. <laughs> Well, you know, you got to have variety in your life. <laughs> so the cold, wet, muddy fields in early April 1862 uh, were perfect for photorabdus luminescent to thrive. Okay. So Rebecca was right. It was algae. No, it's not algae. It's technically it's
2: bacteria. luminescent
1: bacteria. Okay. Would you like to know what it is? It's bacteria yes, you, you just said. Because my next line says, shh. <laughs> My next line says, what is that? Good question. It was previously called Xenorabitus luminescent is a gamma protobacterium of the family Morganoleci and is the lethal pathogen of insects.
0: You realize that you just said that it wasn't a bacteria and then you just said no, that I they're... said it was a bacteria. Oh no, you said it wasn't algae. My apologies, I'm here. I'm focused. Just
1: as focused as I was last segment. <laughs> uh, I got that from Wiki. So it's from insects? No, it's a bacteria that is lethal to insects. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what all of those words meant. So here's the dumbed down version. It's a bacteria that lives in the gut of a nematode, which is like a tiny threadworm. And the nematode burrows into insect larvae and feasts from the inside out. When the nematode feeds on its host, it vomits... And in doing so, it throws up some of the glowing bacteria living in its digestive tract. This bacteria then kills the larva, and the glow it produces attracts new insects to start this process all over again. Huh. Because insects will come, the nematodes will get in there and eat the larvae and rinse and repeat. One of the toxins it produces? Huh. Huh. I had to include this and I double and triple check this to make sure it wasn't just some site that was like, huh, I'm going to trick this bitch up. (laughs) One of the toxins it produces is MCF and that stands for (laughs) (laughs) MCF stands for (laughs) (laughs) makes caterpillars floppy. (laughs) What?
2: You made that up.
1: (laughs) I did not. I swear to you, I triple-checked this because I thought the same thing. Like, oh my God, I'm going to believe that. It's going to be some joke. But no, I checked Wiki. I checked some um, National Medicine Archive thing. I checked... um, another source in there a legit like wiki i was like okay i checked three sources two
0: of which i do not remember dude i want to do that on wiki now go with like random anagrams or whatever those are called
1: they had that problem they have made it very difficult for you to do that now i mean it still happens that's why i was like i need to triple check this but um yeah makes caterpillars floppy (laughs) is one of the toxins it produces amazing
0: yeah. Did the seventeen year old kid come up with that toxin name?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but I could see that. So, our soldiers weren't insect larvae <laughs> or caterpillars though.
0: <laughs> no floppy soldiers from Merca.
1: <laughs> so how could Photorhabdis luminescent solve our mystery? Well, The body's too warm for the nematodes and this luminescent to survive. However, nighttime temperatures in early April with the muddy, wet, rainy environment would have gotten the body temperatures of the soldiers low enough, Uh, would have caused like hypothermia and that would have given them the perfect home for Photorhabdus luminescence to thrive.
0: PRLs.
1: PRLs.
0: Not as good as make caliper floppy, but...
1: Yeah, MC- MCFs. Mm-hmm. So here we are. We've got these uh, bacteria getting into these wounds because they're lying on this ground and it starts out in the soil and like gets in through the wounds and it's just festering... How did that help speed up their recovery? How did that help give them a better chance to survive?
0: I don't know. But the descriptor that you just went through did not help me in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> that
1: was disgusting. Something
0: about festering. <sighs> oh. There's just certain words that just like, you know how when you tighten your face muscles and your ears start to almost ring? Or Yelp. Like, yeah, there's certain words. Uh, some just- people
1: can't do that, by the way.
0: Well, I can. And there's certain words that trigger it and I don't
1: care for it. And you just said about five of them in that descriptor. (laughs) You're welcome. So what medical practitioners of the time didn't understand was that bacteria can be a good thing. This was 1862. Penicillin was developed in 1928, which is when they were like, oh, crap, bacteria can be good. (laughs) Well, this bacteria... The photorabitous luminescent. I enjoy saying that because I'm 987% sure I'm saying it properly. The bacteria was fighting off, it was like an antibody. It was fighting off the infection from the wounds. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So this angel glow was really just our little buddies, you know, trying to live their life and saving our soldiers. Huh. Hmm. Yeah.
0: So it really was Pretty like a little angel buddy. Cool.
1: It was. It wasn't aliens, which kind of upset me. But I mean, our yeah. uh, microscopic organisms like don't they could probably be aliens. True. I mean, they have a better chance of being aliens than we do because they're they evolve first, correct?
0: I believe so. I think a lot of them have been around for eons and eons. But not only that, but like if you've ever looked at them under a microscope or seen pictures of them. In, Oh, they're creepy they're strange looking yeah we might have just solved something
1: bill and john used their research and it won them the top prize at the 2001 international science and engineering fair well that sounds like a rip-roaring good time right <laughs> <laughs> i love how you were sarcastic and i'm pretty sure rebecca, rebecca was genuine <laughs>
0: Something for everyone. I'm sure I would find something fun to watch, but I can just imagine the speeches and the and the talks that are happening so out of my league.
1: Well, I'm just thinking they probably didn't have any of those trifold boards there. Like it was probably (laughs) a little more advanced than that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Please come listen to my talk about bioluminescent algae. Not algae. Not algae. Bacteria. Wow. That's that's what would go across my trifold board. <laughs> Bioluminescent Please. algae. Scratch. Not algae. Dot, dot, Bacteria.
1: It makes caterpillars <laughs> floppy. That would go be
0: across the bottom. Each trifold would have its own word.
1: That is angel glow and I thought it was fascinating.
0: That is really cool. And It's
1: still an appropriate name. Yeah. Would be an even better name for uh, a stripper, but it works too for this. Mm -hmm. But again, if anybody steals that idea, let us know. Yeah, just get us in for free and we'll tip well. Mm -hmm. Well, that was fun. (laughs) Thanks. See what happens when we pick topics that don't give me the skeebie Oh, We'll still do that. We'll find ways. It is back to Rebecca's (laughs)
0: turn to pick a topic. So (laughs) what? (laughs) <laughs> i don't like your evil laugh it could be something that gives you what did you say the heebie skeebies the skeebie heebies skeebie heebies the helter skelters Ooh. well that was fun and again i'm shocked that nobody picked the same topic i'm still waiting say. for it to happen it'll happen it's fine it's gonna be well it's may now july <laughs> <laughs> give it us two months
1: anyway
0: on that note remember friends everyone has something that they find odd let us tell you why it's not
2: if you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss you can share them with us on any of our social medias links can be found on our website theladiesestrange.com or you can
1: email them to us at theladiesestrange at gmail.com don't forget to subscribe rate and review and if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show tell your friends about us or subscribe rate and review keep it strange lovelies (laughs) bye bye